The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, do I feel good today. What's up, everybody? Welcome into our, can you believe it, week 13, just six weeks left in the regular season, NFL Mega Preview. We do it every single Tuesday. Why? I'm so glad you asked because the numbers change, and specifically in the NFL, a half point, a full point, it can mean everything. So on this show, tell all your friends. We want everybody to join us, whether it's live or whether it's on demand. But you know when we're talking every single game, I just can't bring just anybody into the show. It's got to be somebody that knows the game, expert in the game, entertaining in the game. If you're going to join the stoic one, R.J. White, so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's bring in the stars of the show. And look who we have stepping in for the maestro today, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Welcome to our little mega preview. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. I'm glad to be on with you guys. Always great to see the lovely R.J. White's face, stoic one, and always be on with you, coach. And A.B. in the background. You're damn right. A.B.'s on the sticks, ones and the twos. R.J. White, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Uh, coming off a solid week, went um, four and one in the circa million. Uh, so building up a good record there. Only loss was Houston game, which I thought was a oh. terribly officiated game um, yeah. that could have went either way. Um, kicking myself for not throwing Atlanta in there is my final pick. So the big question is, where are you guys at on the survivor pool? We survived in Survivor. It was a, uh, it was a coronary because we had the Eagles and oh, they no. marched down. You know, from, see, we, we were initially saving the Eagles for later in the season because there weren't good matchups in in week sixteen, week seventeen. Then uh-huh. we kind of reevaluate the the schedule as the season goes along. It's like actually, you get games like Denver versus New England now. That looks like a pretty good game in week yeah. sixteen and things like that. And we're like, we can actually use Philly this week if we want to. So we decided to go for it and and barely barely survived. So just survive in advance. That takes some guts, taking the Eagles over the Bills, but I'm here for it. I tell you what, I cannot wait to see you guys cash that million dollars plus, you and the maestro together. But for the here and the now, gentlemen, if you don't mind, let's get started. We have 13 games to get through, starting with a Thursday night matchup that, yeah, looked a little better a few weeks ago, but this is still a big-time matchup for Seattle and for Dallas. The number, according to BetMGM, is nine the total 46 and a half and emory i'm going to start with you because you have a best bet in this game which side are you headed with well when you look at the matchup the cowboys strength is where the seahawks are weakest offensive line is the question for seattle the cowboys can get after the quarterback 
The receiving core for in the passing game for Dallas is excellent. The secondary for Seattle, while talented, they're a bit grabby, could lead itself to getting getting a lot of ticky-tack penalty calls. The run game for the Cowboys is doing a great job. Their offensive line has played outstanding. Defensive line questions for Seattle in terms of stopping the run. I like the Seahawks to uh, try their best, but the Cowboys, I am taking the under because I feel like this will be more Cowboys scoring and Seahawks not being able to get anything going consistently, especially when you're dealing with a banged-up Geno Smith behind a questionable O-line going up against a tremendous pass rush. Take the and I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I threw you off because I was talking about the Colts, and we're talking about the Cowboys game. So that's on me. I apologize for that. He's leaning to the under. That's on me. So let's stay in the actual right game. My apologies. RJ, let me come over to you. Great analysis by Emory to start. How are you tackling? It's a big number for a Thursday night. Yeah, nine seems like a big number. The look ahead was six. Um, my power ratings uh, agree that it should be through the seven, but nine's a little too high for me. So if I'm going to play this game, it's going to be the Seattle side. I am not very confident in that, considering this data. Geno Smith dealing with that injury. Uh, Seattle offense struggled in three of the last four. You can blame the matchup somewhat for that, but it's not like it gets any easier here on the road against the Cowboys. Dallas's offense not struggling at all, but they're not really facing a ton of notable Ds either. And uh, Seattle's defense looked really good mid midseason, taking a little bit of a step back recently. So because that look-ahead line moved three points, I don't think opinions should change much about these teams based on last week. We know that Seattle going against San Francisco is going to have a lot of issues we knew that dallas was probably going to run up a score on washington um so so i i don't know why this line moved three points i would lean to seattle here not a lot of confidence in it uh, based on how chino looked last week and we've seen a lot on the primetime games this year a lot of teams wanting to get in and get out and these big time numbers they don't cover all that much especially on a thursday night by the way i need to give a quick shout out because we don't get notes like this very often so glad I have recently joined this family. I'm having so much fun and feel blessed to hear from y'all every single day. Megan, Megan, welcome to the Early Edge fam. We're so happy to have you. It doesn't matter what show you're watching. We value you. Everybody say hello to Megan. Tell her how much we love having her part of this universe. All right. Now, we also want all of you to be a part of the Bet MGM universe. And I tell you what, we have so many big plans for 2024. But right here, right now, we need new Bet MGM customers. Sign up today. And you can get $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10, and you'll receive $200 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome, with bonus code EDGE200. That is bonus code EDGE200. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash cbssports. 
That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Now, Emery, let's get to your first best bet of the show. And we're talking the Colts and we're talking the Titans. And last week on Sunday, we said the Colts and the Titans were two teams maybe you weren't looking at that would win. And they both got the job done. So as we head into this week, how are you handicapping this game? What's your best bet? What makes the Colts so solid and why I'm taking the Colts in this ballgame is not – obviously, I wanted Anthony Richardson to be there. He was trending well and tracking well for a rookie. But you think about their run game and their defense. Those two seeds still win you a lot of football games in, in, in the National Football League. So the Colts, to me, will do a great job of trying to make this a Gardner Minshew versus Will Levis game. That's not a game the Titans want to play. They want to run Derrick Henry. We saw the Colts do a great job of slowing him down in their first matchup in which they were able to dominate against Tennessee. I think that happens again. They'll force Will Levis into some bad decisions. Take the Colts here. Uh, lay those one and a half points with Indianapolis. Yeah, Emory brings up a really good point, RJ, that lately, because of the quarterback situation, we've seen the number for Derrick Henry just come down, come down, come down, because they're just loading up the box. Do you see the same thing for this week? Yeah, I think it's likely. I mean, you just want Will Levis to try to beat you. But on the other hand, uh, if you're the Titans defense, you want Gardner Minshew to try to beat you, especially when he's going on the road. I don't know that I trust him fully. That's my my only um, you know hesitation about going fully on the Colts here. I think the line is about right now. Um, when it was two, two and a half, I was kind of looking at the Titans. But um, numbers come down because Jonathan Taylor out. It was just announced as we started um, or was just reported as we started our program that he will undergo thumb surgery tomorrow in L.A. with the hope that he can return in two to three weeks. Uh, Jim Ursay told The Athletic. So he's not going to be in there for a few weeks. It's going to be Zach Moss. Zach Moss was very effective in the lead role early this season. So I don't know that I would drop the line and and rush to take the Titans because Jonathan Taylor is not in this game because Zach Moss has played well. So at this point, it's getting to the point where the Colts might be the value. I'm going to wait a little bit more, see if it drops down to pick him and then maybe look to the Colts because I think Gardner Minshew can go and get the win. It's tough to back him on the road in a divisional game, but you just mm-hmm. can't play Tennessee right now because that offense does not look like it's great and only beating Carolina by seven in that game. It's it's like, uh, well done, you covered, but you know, not, not an impressive performance there. That's what I used. I, I just had to call my producer uh, because I had the Colts as my lock of the week. Maybe I should leave them. Maybe I should leave them and, and ride with Emory, but I'm going to – tweak it a little bit based off of doing this show right now. We're always evolving. We're always paying attention to what's going on. By the way, thank you to the chat. One other little nugget on this game before we get to the next one, because it's not always just about betting here. We like to look at the whole scope. The Colts are currently in the third wild card spot of six and five. The Texans and Denver tied with them. Those two teams play each other. We'll get to that game later in the show, but that'll be an interesting little nugget to look at as we head into the final six weeks of the season. All right, the next game. Do we have to? Do we have to? Chargers laying six on the road against the Patriots. The Patriots are an absolute mess. I don't know that we've ever seen this team with this coach be a bigger mess than what they are right now. RJ, I'm going to start with you. The Chargers also probably are going to be looking for a new head coach at the end of the season. How are they favored by six when they travel cross country and play early on a Sunday? 
Because people watched the Patriots play last week. The bigger <laughs> question was, how are the Patriots ever minus three and a half on the road against any team? I know the Giants are considered the worst team in the league with Tommy DeVito at quarterback, but the Patriots are not that far behind, especially we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be. And then when it was announced that it was Mac Jones, the line shot up. People were rushing out to, to bet real American dollars on New England laying three and a half points and then four points and then four and a half points in that game. So I, I don't get it there. I think now the market has a better valuation on New England here. I think they're still kind of high on the Chargers. The Chargers, I keep saying, are an average team at best. Uh, this line was four and a half on the look ahead. It shot up to six. I think four and a half is close to the right number. I might even make it three, three and a half, because I just do not trust the Chargers to cover by margin against anyone, uh, even this bad Patriots team who at least is playing at home in this game. That is where I fall too. Also, Emory, it feels like these are two teams, especially the Patriots, that they haven't figured out how to score, so they just want to keep the other team from scoring, which could lead to what? The under being the best play here. That's why I find it hilarious that these Giants fans beat writers and Giants fanalists are going crazy over time with DeVito as if they scored 30 points. They scored 10. This is crazy. <laughs> so when you think about the defense of the Patriots, it's still there. And what they can do is make things tough for any quarterback. They force you to hold the football, which is why they had so many sacks against Tommy DeVito. They'll have a lot of sacks here against Justin Herbert. On paper, I, RJ said it best. This is an average team, the word team, but they have above average talent. And that above average talent should help them score more to win this ball game. But yeah, six points, way too much with that defense. I'm going to take the under because I see this one being more 20 to three, you know, uh, 20 to 10 for the pay, for the charges but I, I like the under more than anything here yeah the only reason there's a four in front of this total is because of the chargers and people still think in their minds that they're an over team because of herbert they are not anymore an over team they also struggle to score because of turnovers and that injured hand next game detroit coming off a beat down at home on Thanksgiving. They've had to sit on that, gentlemen, by the time they tee off on Sunday for 10 days. They're laying four. They're going to the Saints. The Saints had a chance to kind of separate themselves in the NFC South. They couldn't do it. They lose to Atlanta. So here's the number four, and the total is 46. Emery, let's start with you. Do you see this as a good get-back spot for Detroit? Absolutely. This is simple analysis. Derek Carr is starting for the Saints. Take the opposing team. Lay the four <laughs> points with the Lions. This offensive line will do a good job of allowing Jared Goff to have some time. Saints are banged up a little bit on defense. And on defense for Detroit, they can get after the quarterback. They're going to have so many sacks against Derek Carr. And they may even turn the ball over a lot in this ball game. Until we see America's quarterback out there starting for New Orleans and Jameis Winston, the Saints offense is horrible to watch. So lay these four points comfortably with Detroit. Mm. RJ, do you agree with that analysis? Yeah, I would lay it with Detroit. I'm not as high on them as Emory. I think I would make this line five. Now the look ahead was three and it's four now. So so I think there's still a little bit more wiggle room to go up. But that Detroit defense is collapsing. Seven yards per play against Green Bay last week. That now puts them on 21st in the season in that metric. They're 26th in sack rate and 30th in the red zone. Um, and uh, so you would think that the Saints might be able to score some points. But the Saints just struggle to, to score in the red zone at all. We saw it at the beginning of the year against that Titans game. And the struggles have persisted. And they were 0 for 5 in the red zone against Against Atlanta where they move the ball I mean you look at their stats you, you'd figure oh they actually had a pretty solid game nine drives of 40 plus yards with no touchdowns because they cannot do anything in the red zone and now you got all these injuries piling up Rashid Shahid suffered an injury I think first play of the game tried to play through it did not work for him 
Chris Olave uh, might miss this game. Michael Thomas was already out. So who's catching passes for them? You know, I, I, it's going to be tough, especially when Derek Carr is your quarterback. He's not really going to elevate the talent around him like Emery is kind of alluding to. So I think if you're going to play this game, it's probably the Detroit side. New Orleans defense, 27th in yards per rush. So Detroit can lean on the run game to extend the lead in the second half. And with New Orleans receiver injuries, if we see a lot of guys questionable going into that game or, or unavailable for that game, it limits their backdoor potential because then you're, you're you know, counting on guys like Keith Kirkwood to go out and, and, um, and get you the touchdown to get the cover. And I know Emery could probably see a lot of good things about Keith Kirkwood, considering how deep he dives into the uh, prospect handbook that he does every year, which is amazing. Um, but uh, I don't think he's the guy that's going to lead this team to a cover. Yeah, you're probably right. And make sure you uh, check that out every single August, I believe is when it comes out. Correct. Or oh, when does no. that come out? March. Come out? March. Yeah, before, before, the, the draft. before the draft. Mm -hmm. I'm an idiot. Yeah, March, of course. Of course. By the way, how about this little nugget from Bruce in the chat? He says, every week on Sportsline, I read each and every analysis by one expert. He goes by the name of R.J. White. There is one guy out here, I think, many in reality, that knows your win-loss record. My balance knows. How about that, R.J.? Pretty cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, Bruce. All right, the next game. And... On paper, yeah, you may not want to watch it. On paper, yeah, maybe these two teams stink. But Atlanta is very much alive in the discussion for the playoffs, whether it's division, perhaps it all depends. But they're favored by two and a half. The Jets now are trying to figure out who actually is going to play week to week to week at every single position. So when I look at this, I see two different best bets. Let's start with the one side. Emery, who do you like on the side? I like the Falcons. Later points here, they have the better quarterback in the game. Their defense is very good. They can turn the ball over, which will happen in this game against whoever is going to be under center for the New York Jets. And also, they're finally starting to lean on teams with that run game, that double-headed monster of Tyler Algier and the rookie B. John Robinson with some Cordero Patterson thrown in the mix. The difference here is that I can trust Desmond Ritter. I at least know when his turnovers are going to come. They're going to come inside the red zone. But if you can score outside of that, then they're good. But I don't know when these turnovers will happen for the Jets, so you can't trust their offense. And I don't know why people were surprised that Tim Boyle had more intercepts and touchdowns when that has been the case at UConn, at Eastern Kentucky, and so far in the NFL. That's going to happen. And don't start Trevor Simeon because he's not as good as Tim Boyle or Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson still should be the starter. At least you get some semblance of athleticism and a scrambling ability. But this is an easy, I don't want to say easy, but this is an easy game for the Falcons to win. Don't Falcon this up if you're Atlanta. <laughs> this should have been a, uh, a a trivia question with Emory on the show today because I guarantee you there's not a person out there that knows the colleges where Mr. Boyle played at or DeVito or, I mean, nobody. But you know. All right. Now, on the opposite side, sort of, sort of, is RJ as a first leg of a teaser. Explain yourself. He yeah, so he's, we've seen this time and time again from me. You get these super low total games. It's 34 is the total here. And you get this teasable number to go through the teaser alley. Well, of course I want to tease the Jets up to plus eight and a half in a game where there's not going to be hardly any scoring. Um, eight and a half points in this type of game is very valuable, much more valuable than you would get in something like Bill's Eagles from last week, where you know that, that final score could have ended anywhere, 20 points on either side. Um, the Atlanta rush offense, you're right, showed up versus New Orleans. The Jets defense has been mediocre defending the run this season. The Miami running back 
quarterbacks averaged five yards per carry last week. Atlanta's defense let New Orleans move the ball, but they stood tall in the red zone like we just talked about. Jets have trouble getting the red zone anyways. I don't think that really matters to them. But the thing about this game is the reason I like the Jets to kind of keep it close is just Atlanta does not run away from teams, and they want to play this run this run game on, on offense like Emery's talking about. And the Jets certainly want to do the same. So you get this run versus run game with a running clock. It's going to be limited possessions in this game. Don't put Ritter at risk on the road versus a good pass defense. Um, so if the Jets offense can do anything at all, I think they cover in this matchup. Um, and and uh, even if they don't, you can get a defensive touchdown and cover this matchup. So um, if it's three, I might lean to the Jets, but you know, Emory makes good points. I don't really want to play the Jets. Getting only three, tease it if you can get the two and a half line. So I'm teasing it up to eight and a half. Jared in the chat says Tim Boyle gives us gives me nightmares back when he was with the Packers. Oh, it goes all the way back there, Jared. I understand. I understand. It's hard to let it go. It's hard to let it go. And it's also hard to let this go. Our next game, because for some reason, I guess we sleep on Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But yet every single year, they figure out a way to win games that they shouldn't, that statistically says that they shouldn't. And now when you look at it, they are the number one team in the race for the wild card. They are seven and four. That's tied with the Browns. Also seven and four. The Browns would be the two seed right now for the wild card spot. So, Emmy, let me start with you because they're hosting the Cardinals this week and they're favored by five and a half, according to BetMGM. The total is at 41. Is this number too much for a team that just grinds out wins? It's funny because all week long, all you've heard and read and listened to and have been shown is – 400 yards of total offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They haven't done that in 59 games. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Then you look at the score. They only scored 16 points against a Bengals team that was led by Jake Browning, who was finding sacks. Take the Cardinals in the points here. Uh, the Cardinals will be able to score, and it will put a lot of pressure on Kenny Pickett, who, is, who must be living right because he is clearly the liability for this Steelers offense. And this will be a closer game than people think. Six points, they beat the Bengals again with, with Jake Browning. Kyle Murray is a better quarterback and provides a little bit more of scrambling ability and a potential to hit the big play deep downfield. And I like the athleticism and pieces within the Cardinals defense to be a little bit of a nuisance for Pittsburgh. It'll be a Kyle Murray versus Kenny Pickett game. This will be a lot closer. I'm not going to say who I think will win, but five and a half points seems like a lot, so I'm taking the Cardinals. Okay. I, I, I have a tendency to agree with that because they win too many games, 13, 10, 16, 13, something like that. But it begs the question, RJ, are the Steelers your pick this week to stay alive for a million dollars in your survivor? They might be. They're one of three options. We're still, we're still hashing it out and figuring out what we're going to go with. Um, even with the great hope meal, though, you can't back them to win by margin. All their wins this year were within seven points. So, so Emory's making a great point there. I think if you want to play this game, Arizona's the way to look. The look ahead was three. Um, and I know that the Steelers came out, looked awesome offensively, but it still seems like too much of a jump, uh, from that. Um, so inflated off that it's an, it was an awful Cincinnati defense. And so their, their stock is inflated there. Arizona stock deflated after a blowout loss. So the value definitely going to be on the Arizona side, if you're going to play this game. And I thought that offense took a major step forward. I mean, they didn't score the points, but 6.2 yards per play. They're attacking downfield a bit. And I think they had like eight plays over 20 plus yards in the game for the first time in forever too. Um, and, and that's a big thing for that offense is now you can't just defend them within three yards of the line of scrimmage, which is what I think teams basically could just do. So I think the best strategy for the Steelers in this game, if they want to win by margin is to somehow fire Matt Canada again, it seemed to work out very well for them last week. And if they can find a way to do that, they might win this game by seven plus, but if not, it's probably going to be an Arizona week. 
you're an absolute savage. You truly, truly are. How would you feel quickly about putting the Cardinals in a teaser and then you'd get 11 and a half? I don't like teasing if you're not getting through the two, the three and the seven, you know, from that two and a half, one and a half range, get through those. Those are the key numbers. If you like the Cardinals enough to tease them up to 11 and a half, you should like them enough to play them at five and a half. Because in in both situations, you're just getting better value for them to cover in that number. You're not gaining any value by moving the number based on the teaser price you're going to pay. Hashtag educate and entertain. Even I can learn as the host of this show. That's why you listen. That's why you watch live. Now. This next game is the only game of the week that has a total that has a five in front of it. Barely. 50 and a half, according to BetMGM. The Dolphins on the road, favored by nine and a half, as the Commanders continue to nosedive. Reports coming out the last couple of days that out of respect for Ron Rivera, they're not going to fire him. They're going to let him walk away at the end of the season. So basically, if you believe the reports, and there's a lot of them out there, he's a lame duck coach. So... Emery, let me start with you, because with the 50 and a half and the way the commanders have been playing lately, what do we do with this? You know, the easy play would be the lay the nine and a half, but I always worry about backdoor situations. The 50 and a half here is fascinating because they're expecting a blowout. But in my eyes, when you think about blowout at the NFL level, especially what we saw them uh, go through last weekend where they lose uh, Jalen Phillips, we may see them get up early and get up quick and start pulling guys out and start playing reserves to, you know, sustain health and get on to the playoffs in the postseason at close to full strength. This game could be 34-3. That helps you cover, but it also helps cash us under. The under is the play here. I think we'll see Sam Howell, who's been solid for Washington, but has taken a lot of sacks, continue to take a lot of sacks from Bradley Chubb and Van Ginkle on the opposite side. They'll try to find their second pass rusher outside of of Chubb in this ball game, and I just think it'll make it tough for Washington, who doesn't have a run game, to find consistency to stay on the field. So I like the Dolphins here, but I like that under because I don't think they'll run up this score, so to speak. It, I don't think Washington will get anything over thirteen in this ball game, but I expect you know Miami to at least get thirty. So I like the under. It's almost like you're describing the same thing, Emory, that happened last week against the Jets. They jump up. It wasn't pretty. They weren't super, super dynamic, but they always had them at arm's length, and then it would stay to the under. RJ, with what Emory just uh, described brilliantly, do you like the under, and is the 9.5 this way too much? Yeah, it seems like it seems like the over/under is a little bit inflated for this Dolphins team that doesn't play as well on the road. My problem is, of course, this Washington defense is terrible. I mean, they gave up 10.3 yards per attempt to Dallas. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill's around 1,300 yards on the season. That's gonna the 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 you know buzz is will he get to 2,000? He might get to 2,000 in this game. Like he might get 700 yards in this game against this defense. They're so bad. Um, Miami's defense seventh in sack rate, but Jalen Phillips' loss is huge. That gives Towel more time in the pocket to help backdoor cover uh, on the on the over or on the, the spread. The spread was six and a half on the look ahead. And again, Washington struggled against an elite defense. Miami beat up on a team with no offense. Those games went the way you would expect them to go. This line shouldn't move three points. If there's any value on this line, it's going to be on the Washington side. Um, Washington is better than the Jets. Remember that line was nine and a half last week with Dolphins at Jets. 
So I think you're going to get value on the Washington side if you're willing to play it. You kind of see a pattern here with my one of my advice this week. It's a lot of ugly dogs this week because these lines coming off a week where 12 favorites covered um, heading into that Monday night game, and then and then uh, we couldn't get the cover there to make it a historic day. Um, but so many favorites covered. These lines are getting inflated for the favorites. I think this is going to be a good week to typically look at the underdogs and see where you can find value. Normally we see this happen for at the beginning of the year on sides when uh, several teams jump out they the sports books over exaggerate the other way now we're seeing it with the favorites again i mean, excuse me totals now we're seeing it with the favorites so jump on these value but you can't play every every game because now a lot of teams have motivation a lot of teams do not this next game both teams big time motivated and all of a sudden the broncos are now a team that's trending in the right direction very tough one for denver and russell wilson they will go to Houston. The Texans coming off a really difficult loss last week where a 58-yard field goal bounced off the upright at the end of the game, or they would have gone to overtime. So the Texans are favored by three and a half. The total is 47. RJ, you like a side as an official play in this game. Which one? It's the NFL offseason, but on pick six, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. I'm going with the Broncos. I'd like to hear from Emery when I'm done to see which of these two teams he thinks is the better team because the market is telling you it's clearly Houston. And they've won by more than three in one of their last five games. That was against Arizona, not a great team. Denver's won five straight. Four of them came at home, so this is a little bit tougher situation here going on a road against a very good offense. Takeaways have been key to their defensive success too, uh, which is one of the reasons I loved them last week against Dorian Thompson-Robinson at home. But Houston back to zero turnovers last week in Jacksonville loss after a shaky stretch. So if they're not turning the ball over, it's going to be a little tougher for this Denver defense, but Houston's defense, 24th in yards per play, 28th in yards per pass, and Denver's offense now has the best interception rate in the league over Houston because Russell Wilson is quietly having a very good season. The offense managed three drives of 70-plus yards against an elite Cleveland defense. This Houston defense is not on that level. I think they're going to have success here, score a bunch of points, could get a backdoor cover here. I don't think Houston is definitively the better team, which is what the market's saying, and their home field is not anywhere worth near worth three, so the value here is on Denver. Love Denver, plus three and a half, get the hook is the best bet and the way the broncos are playing i love that analysis first of all second of all the way they're playing and the way that russell has emory kind of changed the way he plays he's more than willing to run the football he's more than willing just a little dump offs just to get the first down instead of always going down the field has this made denver a much better team it has so much complimentary football going on that you got to love the Broncos. I'm with RJ. I love the Broncos here. I'm taking them plus the points. I will say this, full disclosure. I had one of these. Every weekend I do a wild 12 to 16 team parlay in college football and in the NFL. I had a 12-teamer 
going in the NFL, and I went eleven and one. The one oh, loss what? was the Houston game. Oh, I Houston oh, to win. Oh, oh my god! So, oh, but oh. but you know, I I I decompress and I move <laughs> on, right? So I do like the Broncos here, but RJ brings up a great point. And here's the reason why I like Denver is when you think about how they're playing defense, they force you to play from within the pocket in terms of quarterback. And we know C.J. Stroud does a great job of buying time, extending the play, and keeping his eyes downfield. Denver takes that away from you, and you have to make tight window throws from a tightly condensed and ever-closing pocket. And the Broncos' run game is starting to be a good complement to their passing game, which allows that play action pass to open up. And when you combine with what you talked about, Coach, with the with Russell Wilson, not afraid to take off and get those cheap four or five yards and move the sticks. You like the Broncos playing great team ball and their special teams, in my opinion, is better than the Houston Texans. So I think in all three phases right now, they are playing solid. They're playing good football and they're going to win this ball game. So I like them plus three and a half. Yeah, when you have a team that you think is going to win and you're getting an extra three or four points, that's the sweet spot. That's where you want to be, and it doesn't happen all that often, but it happens right here. By the way, uh, articles that you both write, places where you can get in more depth on NFL and college, where would that be, Henry? Just I, Sometimes I forget. Where can we I find think, this? Uh, sometimes I, I, there's a site called sportsline.com where you kind of throw stuff up there. And it kind of hits, it kind of wins. And I feel like everybody up there be winners and stuff like that. So kind of like, you know, put it up that way. So if you guys happen to be on that site, mm. you may want to bookmark it, sign up, all that good stuff like that, and win some money. Why not? Yeah, and I guess guess I'm even going to do you more than that. All that great stuff that Emory just said, I'm going to give you 60% off. The quarterly plan, there's three different little circles. Hit the middle one. That's three months. Use that promo code, Coach. There's a QR code on the screen, sportsline.com slash join. You can do it there as well. You can get all of RJ's NFL stuff. There is nothing better. There is nothing better. Then after those three months, we're really going to gouge you. Ten bucks a month. There's no better value. I don't even want to hear it, period, end of story. All right, those are all the 1 o'clock games. We have three at 4 o'clock on Sunday. So this is where we're starting. And, RJ, I'm going to start with you. The Bucks are still somehow very much alive in the discussion. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this will be the week they stop. But they're welcoming the one-win Panthers, who could only manage 10 points a week ago. The total 37.5, according to BetMGM. What play do you like in this one? I am taking the under in this game. Carolina's offense, just 3.9 yards per play against a Tennessee defense that cannot defend the pass. You should be able to throw on them and get to at least four yards per play. And sometimes you see the, this, um, you know, positive regression when you fire a head coach, but I don't think firing, firing Frank Reich creates more talent on the field. And that's the issue for Carolina is that they just don't have playmakers on the field. They don't have anybody to move the ball and Bryce uh, young Bryce Young's being asked to do it all on his own. And he just is not going to be able to do that at this stage of his career. Carolina's offense now last in yards per play. And that is in, in a league where the Giants and Jets play. They're last in yards per pass behind the Jets, and the Giants are 31st in yards per play. So this is the worst offense in the league, even when you consider the Tim Boyles and Tommy DeVitos of the league facing a tough run defense here in Tampa Bay, going to need to throw to win, and and on the road here has not shown that he's be able to do that. Tampa Bay's offense was solid in a tough spot at Indy, but Carolina's defense quietly is, is having a really good season, up to ninth in yards per play, fourth on third down. They should be getting healthier on that side of the ball, whereas Tampa Bay's managing an in, in injury to Baker Mayfield, which makes me hesitant to, to lay 
the points here without knowing how uh, Baker is in practice. Want to see how he's going to play. But if he can't go, I don't see either team scoring much. It could be similar to that Giants, Patriots, barn burner we saw last week where it was 10-7. And even if he can play, this might go under. This should go under regardless. So I like under 37 and a half as a best bet. You never want to say an under is a lock, but this is about as close as you can get. And Emery, when I look at the standings, Four and seven. Maybe this is why I just said somehow they're still alive, but it's hard to believe. They're just one game out of first place. Saints, Falcons are both five and six. So the Bucks still have very much to play for, but they're not playing that good of football. How do you see this one? As long as they don't buck it up, right? So <laughs> when you think about this ball game, listen. Usually when a coach gets fired, the next guy moves into the role. Maybe it's an offensive coordinator or whatnot. And you have an idea of, okay, I know what they're going to run. Well, offensive coordinator is gone. The quarterback coach is gone. And the running back coach is gone who ha- who has experience being an assistant head coach in Deuce Staley. I have no idea what offense is going to be out there for Carolina. I do know when I see Ty Bowles, two things you know getting off the bus. They're going to blitz and they're going to blitz some more. They're going to blitz a rookie quarterback to where I agree with RJ. This under is a great play, but I also like the Bucks here because even if they don't go with Baker Mayfield, the backup quarterback steps in and he has Mike Evans, Godwin, a good tight end in Otten, and an improving run game with Rashad White. So I like the Bucks here, and I also like the under. All right, very, very good. A lot of good analysis there. Game number two, this is at 425 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. The Browns very much alive in the discussion. They're 7-4. and four. They're taking on a Rams team that really took it to Arizona last week, especially in the first half. Matthew Stafford had a really good first half. His passing stats are not bananas, but they're finding the end zone. So, Emery, let me start with you. Lane three and a half. The total, though, doesn't even reach 40 in this game, 39 and a half, because of that great Browns defense. Your thoughts? I just saw Miles Garrett in the sling post game. Like, I mean, if I don't know if he's going to play or not, but that can't be good, right? No, and no. When you think about whether it's P.J. Walker or Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who they knocked the back of his numbers off his jersey on that hit. Like, there's a lot going on right now with the Browns from an injury perspective. And Sean McVay has done a masterful job coaching this football team. I think by sheer attrition, you have to like the Rams in this spot. I'm going to lay the points with the Rams here. I think they have enough healthy bodies out there that's been productive. And as long as Matthew Stafford is out there, it gives them a much better chance to win than the Browns. The Browns can only run game and defense themselves to win for so long, especially when you're not at full strength. I like the Rams here. Yeah, you can't stress yourself week after week after week. It's kind of like trying to make a putt, RJ, every single hole. It's just not possible to keep it sustainable. Now, I will say this. The Rams are only one game back of a wild card spot at five and six. So they've got motivation. The Browns, they're currently in the number two spot in the AFC wild card. So this game, RJ, it means a lot. It means a lot. And that's why Miles Garrett's going to be out there, whether it, with one arm, he's better than 80% of the defensive ends in the league. You know, so if you want to throw him out there with one one arm, I'd be fine with that. Problem is that the bad Cleveland offense cannot operate without Deshaun Watson at quarterback. And Deshaun Watson was not playing well himself. But now that he's out, there's no reason to respect the pass game. It's now 30th in yards for pass. That Rams defense showed up against the Cardinals, gave up just 4.6 yards for play. They are struggling to create turnovers, but at home, they should have a chance here again against Dorian Thompson Robinson. If he's able to play, he sustained an injury in, in that game too. Maybe 
do we get Joe Flacco in this game? Uh, you know, I, I think that's where he signed. I, you know, I think the injuries are piling up and, and we might get Joe Flacco uh, appearing somewhere in the league uh, mm-hmm. soon. So that'll be fun. Um, Rams offense fifth in sack rate. So, I mean, they could block even if, if Garrett is, is playing, but limited Arizona's offense or Rams offense also eighth in red zone rate. The one place where Cleveland defense struggles most, they're 24th in red zone rate. You can get to the red zone. You can score on Cleveland. And I was right on the overinflation on Cleveland last week. I said, they do not play well on the road. They've given up about close to 30 points per game, you know, around 29 points per game on the road in their last four. And then they gave up 29 to Denver. So that's kind of the same Mm -hmm. thing here. This line looks right, but getting Kyron back, it was huge for the Rams. It was one minus one on the look ahead. I would have smashed it at minus one, got up to five, I think four and a half, five, the market bet it back. They said the Browns aren't that bad at three and a half. I'm with Emery. I think you want to look to the Rams. Okay. I'm all over the Rams as well. Now, gentlemen, once in a while, it doesn't happen every week, but every now and then you get those classic great team matchups. And our last game at 425 Eastern on Sunday could be the game of the year, but it's very, very fascinating. We're going to break it down right now. The 49ers are going on the road to the number one seed, Philadelphia Eagles. Yet, look at the numbers. That's not a typo, according to BetMGM. The 49ers are the favorite on the road. Now, there's a lot of reasons for this total of 46 and a half, but Emory, I'm going to start with you because you like the home team here, but I need to know why. The Eagles are the only team in the NFC that can match physicality with San Francisco on both sides of the line of scrimmage and expect Lane Johnson to be back out there. It was smart to not play him against Buffalo in a driving rainstorm on a slick field when you have a growing injury. Now, Weather should be comparable to where you can have that success out there. And the Eagles can play any type of game you want. Their strengths actually line up to where they have some opportunities against San Francisco. And the 49ers not being able to have, uh, telling Noah Hufanga, the safety, aids the Eagles' run game. And when you look at Brock Purdy, I know people are saying he didn't play a lot in the NFC Championship game. That's why they lost. Well, we're about to find out a lot about how much he means to that offense and how much he would have had success. I think the Eagles tee off on him in this ballgame. I like the Eagles to win this one in an impressive fashion. So take them plus three while you can. Matt F says, I love that pick, Emory. And I think a lot of people's do. But Faustino says, Niners all day. You're going to have a lot of people on both sides of the fence. That's what makes this so much fun. RJ, where do you fall? So I moved the 49ers up a half a point in power ratings. They they look unstoppable. They look like a juggernaut. This is what the line is telling you, that no, nobody can stop them now. They look back in Super Bowl form offensively. Well, Philly defense coming off a 92-play marathon against Buffalo. You figure San Fran scores here. I moved the Eagles down a point, um, you know, dealing with injury there. Um, and the defense just, I don't know about this defense at this point. San Francisco's defense has been excellent since the bye, but they did just face a banged-up Geno and Tampa Bay at home their last two, so it's not great. Um, in terms of competition, they're going to definitely face a step up here. Philly's offense struggled to protect the ball, but but top five on third downs, top five in the red zone. Third in point, that's how you get to third in points per game, despite just being 10th in yards per play. Comes down to me, will Lane Johnson play? If so, lean to the 10-1 and one, Eagles catching points at home. Um, I mentioned the power ratings for this team. I moved the Eagles down a point. I moved the 49ers up a half a point. That got the line all the way to pick them for me. So if there's value in this game, it's got to be on the Eagles side. Either way, I probably like the over better than anything because I think both these teams can score. Um, but, um, you know, I want to be on the plus three. So if you have plus threes available, we'll see if it gets up any higher. But at plus three, I'm probably going to play the Eagles. Of course, we will break down this game as well as all the other games on noon Eastern version of the early edge on Sunday afternoon. I can't wait for that one. 
Now, <clears throat> as many of you know, my guys, Emory Hunt, RJ White, we are everywhere, including CBS Sports HQ. We need the sports news anywhere. We've got breaking news to bring you. Then get your sports anytime you want them. Big trade news overnight to discuss. Because we know you need sports all the time. A lot of movement in the rankings this week. A legend adds to their legacy. We're bringing you that breaking news right here on HQ. CBS Sports HQ, anywhere, anytime, all the time. Yeah, me and Emery just dazzled it up just a few nights ago together on CBS Sports HQ on Sportsline at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Check it out. It's a good show. All right. Sunday night football. Now, <clears throat> the Chiefs started to look like the Chiefs again, at least in the second half. Down 14 to nothing in Las Vegas. They come back to win 31-17 and cover in the process. They're laying six and a half. Now they go to Lambeau, to a Green Bay Packers team that just laid the Lions out. The Lions beat the Chiefs on opening night. See where I'm going with this? Maybe they're a little better than we think. A lot's happened between now and then, or from then to now. Total 42. So, RJ, let me start with you. Did the Chiefs do enough in your mind to warrant laying almost a touchdown against a Packers team that is playing better? Yeah, that's tough to say, especially on the road. Um, Packers, we know, have a great home field advantage. Um, they have for years and years and years. Um, one of my best home field advantages in the league. They're also getting extra rest after playing on Thursday. I think this line might be a little high, maybe two points too high here. Kansas City definitely got its act together after the early scare versus Vegas. But they, I mean, statistically, those two teams look very much similar when you go down to the box score, and that should not happen in a Chiefs-Raiders game. Allowing 6.2 yards per play is a small crack in what's looked like an elite defense, one of the best in the, in the league this year. Um, so I'm a little worried about that, especially with Green Bay's offense now playing well. Um, Jordan Love finally looks like he's getting it together and avoiding some of the bad turnovers he had early in the season. And really, I mean, engineering a, a offense has been pretty good three of the last four games from him. Green Bay's defense allowed 5.9 yards per play against Detroit, but Detroit lost three fumbles, went one for five on fourth down. Um, so I think Kansas City is going to be better. It's going to be a lot of scoring, a lot more scoring than people expect. I would lean to the over. Um, uh, but Green Bay is a solid 13th in yards per play on both offense and defense. I, I rank them below average in power ratings, but maybe I shouldn't at this point. Maybe they should be an average team. And if they are an average team, this this line is way off. So I think lean to Green Bay, lean to the over, um, and expect the Chiefs to win the game by three or four points. Yeah, we know, RJ, that one of these storylines that's going to be talked about at nauseum this week is how the Packers – Emory had a young wide receiver core that's starting to come into their own. They made some ridiculous catches against Detroit. Then you got the Chiefs side who haven't been able to catch a cold this year. And if they can, then they could really do something in the AFC. How many of these types of storylines do you look at when you have a matchup like this? No one's talking about the Marquez Valdez Scantley revenge game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he was a Packer. But think about this. This is another. Uh, thing that no one's talked about all week, but we're going to talk about here on Sportsline is the fact that Jordan Love's first start was against the Chiefs. Ooh. And we saw him be a little bit rattled in the first half before he started to get it on together late in the game. But all you heard after that game was how he's not the guy that needed to draft someone else. And then when he finally got another opportunity to step into a ball game, it was last year against Philly and he went right down the field and scored. Confidence is a great thing. It's a fragile thing. But it's a great thing to have. And when you have that confidence, you saw them against Detroit. First play of the game, deep shot. After that, they felt confident to go out there and throw the football and lean in on Jordan Love's ability. I think he had this game circled when it came out on the schedule. He wants to show that what you saw in the first start is not what you're going to see now. I like the over. Mm. 
I like that it's below 45 because at some point the Chiefs are going to pick up on offense once again. Maybe this is the week, but we're going to have a couple of weeks where we can play the overs before they go back up if that's what happens. Both of you, thank you for that particular game. Now we're down to the final one. And when this was put on the schedule, just like a lot of the Jets primetime games, it made sense. Burrow against Trevor Lawrence. Bengals against the Jags. Now it's like, eh, eh. So, RJ, let me start with you because this is the other side of your teaser, and this is the Jacksonville squad that's got to be feeling pretty good about themselves after going and beating Houston last week. Talk to me on this one. Yeah, uh, second leg of the teaser, we're taking the Jaguars down from eight and a half to two and a half. Classic teaser spot there. Um, I think they're going to win the game. I think they probably could win by margin. I think the line should be a little higher. But I uh, wanted to tease something with the Jets, and this was the perfect thing to do it with. This line is eight and a half now. If if Joe Burrow was in, like you're talking about, I mean, the Bengals might be favored in this game. It might be Pickham. That's how much he matters to the line. Jacksonville's pass offense back on track after that hiccup against San Francisco a few weeks back. Now they could face a Cincinnati defense that's awful. 32nd in yards per pass, 32nd in yards per play. Just gave up the first 400-yard game to Pittsburgh uh, to a Pittsburgh offense, and you know uh, since pre-pandemic times, almost you know it's just so bad um, defensively. They made the Pittsburgh offense look great in a road spot too. I mean, there has to be a low point for what on paper should be a solid defense. Browning was okay in the home game there, but he had no rushing in that game uh, mm -hmm. to lean on. Um, and the primetime road spot is much different than the spot he had last week. Jacksonville's defense can be thrown on, but I don't know that Browning's the guy to do it. We'll see if T Higgins is back. If he's not that, that, you know, is a little, another outlet that, that he can't rely on. So everybody they can just, you know, double and triple team chase and try to make Jake Browning go somewhere else with the ball. And Jacksonville has shown they can be bad teams by double digits and Cincinnati at this point is definitely a bad team. So I think if you want to lay the eight and a half, it's fine. You should have got it earlier when it was seven and a half, but uh, tease it now before it gets any higher. Yeah, no doubt about it. Cause it will only go higher. It's not going to come down certainly with the way the Bengals looked uh, a week ago. So Emery, let me come to you on this side. It appears very obvious what we should do, but also we've seen in primetime games, especially Monday nights, the under has been the play. Do you agree with that? Totally agree because RJ laid it out perfectly. There's nothing to be afraid of from this Bengals offense in terms of the quarterback position, which would allow the Jacksonville pass rush to get after Jake Brown, who takes a lot of sacks. More than half of them are his own fault. And I think this Jacksonville defense will eat figuratively and literally. Big cat takes little cat in this situation i'm taking the under as the best play here because i trust their defense and just enough offense on jacksonville side to get the job done all right boy this is going to be a lot of fun to see what the narrative is come monday night with all of these teams that are tied at eight and three including jacksonville including the jags to see how they because even one bad week could cost them the number one seed that's how tight the afc is all right you guys know on this show we throw up our best bets, and I let my guys tell you why they're making them a best bet five days early. There they are. RJ, start us off. I have Broncos plus three and a half. That line should be on the other side of three because Denver might just be as good a team as Houston at this point, and the market is not pricing them as such. I have Panthers, Buccaneers going under 37 and a half points. Cannot expect any scoring from the Panthers and the Bucks dealing with injury at the quarterback position. Probably going to be held in check by an improving Carolina defense in that game. Then I have a teaser taking the Jets up to plus eight and a half, taking the Jaguars down to minus two and a half. Both perfect teaser numbers to get through the three and the seven and both spots. The Jets in a super low scoring game where they should be able to cover it jaguars in a game against a team without much offense to worry about and a bad defense should easily be able to win that game by three you want to have a half a point when you're doing a teaser very very important make sure it's a half point not on the full point emory talk to me 
Eagles did a lot of great things last year, but I guarantee if you talk to them to a man in an honest moment, they are sick of hearing about this asterisk that if the 49ers had their guy, they would have won. They had no quarterback. Well, guess what? You get to settle this on the field here. I think they will leave an emphatic statement against San Francisco, take them plus the points. We talked about the Colts in their defense and how well they've been playing defense this year, especially up front. That's going to be an issue for a rookie and Will Levis. So lay those points with Indy and the Falcons can win this one 10 to two. And it would help you cover the under and help them cover the spread. The Jets don't pose a threat offensively because the one thing they're great at that Falcons are really good at themselves, which means running the football, which means guess what? They know how to stop the run. They will make them throw the football. It won't work out. The Falcons will win easily. Can you imagine if it was 10 to 2? If there was ever a 10 to 2 final? Oh my goodness. Now, uh, on this show, we like to use a little a little phrase that hashtag it pays to watch live, meaning you can't just bring up the recap screen if you want to get a little added bonus. So many people in the chat, Emery, they're saying, hey, is Emory going to have any FCS picks for this weekend? I know it's college, but I thought maybe today, right here, right now, you could throw out a little knowledge for those people that decided on a Tuesday afternoon to catch us live. Listen, if you want to get locked in with these FCS, I've made a significant run the last month and a half of the season uh, with these FCS plays. So keep it locked on Sportsline early Saturday morning when they release those FCS lines. If they come out a little bit earlier, you get all these plays that are that'll be locked in on the site. So it pays to watch. It pays to subscribe. It pays to make sure you hit that uh, promo code because we're going to have some outstanding playoff picks here in round two uh, in the FCS. Some great matchups. I'm going to lay them out perfectly on Sportsline this weekend. Yeah, I don't want to hear anybody complain. We laid it out for you. That's where you get it. doesn't hardly cost you anything at all. You spent more at Dunkin' Donuts this morning than it would cost you for a month to hang out with us and the crew. Emory, are you available next Tuesday? I think I'd like to have you again. Let's make that happen. All right, you guys know, pay it forward. Be kind to one another. It's the middle of the afternoon. Have dinner with the family tonight and enjoy it. And remember this, there's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is you've got your marching orders let's take all of these nfl early edge early edge tickets twice straight to the pay window my attack crew love them all emory hunt rj white the stoic one ab on the ones and the twos i am simply the coach trying to keep this train on said track we grind for you so we can win with you we'll see all of you tomorrow morning live just like we are every single weekday at 10 a.m eastern time we grind for you so we can win with you. That's what we're all about right here. The early afternoon. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 